0: DIY 20 at checkout to save 20%. GDIY profiles are bonus episodes that tell the stories of how your everyday handler got into the gun dog world. You'll hear plenty of examples of what to do as well as what not to do and how they learn from those experiences. These episodes are being put out to tell the honest stories that we as do-it-yourself dog handlers can all relate to. If you think you would be a good fit for a profile episode, please go to gundogyourself.com and complete the contact form and we may get back to you so that you can share your story. We get asked all the time what the most important thing to consider is when training and living with a hunting dog, and they're often surprised when they hear us answer with proper nutrition. It's pretty obvious when you think about it, though. It doesn't matter how well the dog is trained if it doesn't have the right fuel. The saying, garbage in, garbage out, rings true in dog nutrition. Eukanuba's premium performance lineup goes beyond just protein and fat with a number of different formulas designed to fuel your dog's specific activity level while supporting their recovery and optimizing their nutrient delivery. The proof is in the pudding, or lack thereof, when you make the switch to Yukonuba. You'll see immediate results in your dog's energy level and drive. They have a formula for every type of dog, from your hardest working dog in the field to your laziest retired dog on the couch. Head on over to YukanubaSportingDog.com to find the right formula for your hunting partner. Make the switch today and let Yukonuba fuel your dog so you can focus on what you and your dog actually love to do, Work. Alright everybody, we are coming back with a f- another edition of the GDIY Profile after a long break. We have Ben Kerr with us. Ben, how you doing man?
1: Pretty good, how you doing today I'm Nick?
0: Living the dream. I'm, I'm glad we're finally making this happen. You know, we've been talking for, uh, for a couple months now on how <laughs> doing this. So, uh, you know, appreciate your patience and, and glad to finally sit down and talk dogs with you and find out what got you involved in this crazy world. Yeah, no worries. It's been kind of touch and go for the both of us. <laughs> well, go ahead, start off with the obvious. Tell everybody where you're from and, and what you really enjoy doing with your dog and, and how you got into the dog.
1: So, long story short, I wanted the dog, so I got the dog. <laughs> um, but no, I'm over here in Western Wisconsin, over by the nose. Um, I got into gun dogs uh, surprisingly well. We'll go back to the beginning, I guess. So we always had beagles growing up, and, well, every time I actually got around the beagles, the one we had was gun-shy, so we'd shoot and that thing would run away. (laughs) (laughs) So that was my exposure to beagles, and then shortly after that, it was just a bunch of dogs we had as pets, and I had a golden retriever that I managed to get to retrieve for one year, and then both his CCLs snapped. So Mm. that was a very quick retirement for him. I uh, went off into the army after that and just kind of fell off the bandwagon for hunting altogether because I was too busy with the army. Yeah, Came back and my cousin had a pit bull that he couldn't take care of. So I took it in for him. And as a joke, I took it hunting one day. (laughs) And (laughs) I hear they have great points. (laughs) not so much (laughs) but yeah i know i took him out as a joke and next thing i know he's putting up birds and i'm shooting them over him i'm not asking him to retrieve them because there has been more than one time i've eaten hamburger because of him
0: (laughs) i got you so you took him out there i mean did you just so he flushed him up and you shot him i'm a grouse i'm assuming right is that or is it a woodcock uh, it'd be mostly grouse and pheasant. Okay. Okay. And the occasional bunny or two. Nice. And so it like how long, do, uh, so this wasn't just a w- one time deal where you took the pit bull out for just, just a joke. You kind of made that into your hunting
1: dog. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was just, like I said, I did it as a joke and then all of a sudden we're shooting birds and I got to hunt over him for a good six years now. And nice. It's, it, it's been a good ride. I'm, unfortunately, he's retired now because of old age, mostly. <laughs> so,
0: so I guess when he started aging out, you started looking at a more traditional bird
1: dog? Is that, is that where we're headed now? Yeah, it was more my roommate had a lab, and I really enjoyed having two dogs. So like I said, I wanted the dog, so I got the dog. <laughs> <laughs> now, but um, what, what type of dog? I wound up getting a German Wire Hair Pointer.
0: Okay. Now, what what made you want to get a Wire Hair
1: Wolf? <laughs> so, when I was a kid, I used to watch a show that would feature a dog every single episode. Okay. And one day they featured the German Wire Hair Pointer and the Deutsch Drahtar, and they said it'll hunt anything. And I'm like, "Yeah." Oh, that that sounds pretty great to me. And you know, they featured it in the morning. They're hunting geese and ducks in the snow and then in the afternoon they're shooting pheasants and i'm like well that that sounds pretty cool yeah i want to get one of those and finally came around time to get another dog and i'm like well that's going to be the dog i get and did absolutely no research into the breed <laughs> i was gonna ask so the research was there any
0: particular reason you went with the uh, german wirehair as opposed to the drought line or was it just you know just luck of the draw? You you just said you didn't do any research. You just found, I'm a, did you just Google you know breeder in your area or something. It was
1: quite literally. I was cheap, and I didn't want to pay the price for one. Okay. And I thought a reasonable price for a dog was in between five to eight hundred dollars. And well, we all know that you know dogs go for a lot higher than that most yes. of the time. Yes. Yes. So I wound up looking for a dog in that price range and could not find one and then finally some lady wrote me on facebook saying hey i've got a puppy um and i want to give it to a good home i told her i'm like that's great but i'm not in the place to get the dog right now i was still in college and about one semester away from graduating so i went off graduated college Went off into military training for the summer and went to BLC or the basic leaders course. And lo and behold, during that, I totally forgot I was looking for a dog at the time. And the same lady wrote me on Facebook saying, hey, are you still interested in this dog? And this is six or seven months later down the road. Yeah, And I'm like, you know what? I am. So... (laughs) Let so, me come take a look at this dog. <laughs>
0: I was about to say, is this the breeder, or did somebody buy a pup and then it just wasn't the right fit and she's trying to find a good home for it? Exactly. It just wasn't a good fit. And okay. She was
1: trying to find a good home.
0: Okay. That, that makes more sense. I was just like, I've never heard of a breeder doing this. Okay. All right. So I'm tracking now. And uh, so you went and took a look at it and it just, you know, walk us through that. I mean, what was it like? Love at first sight?
1: Well, yeah. The first thing I saw was this kid standing next to this dog and I look at him. I'm like, that is a really good looking dog. And it was kind of like, well, can you let him run through the yard? And I want to see what he's like. And he wound up, he's had very, very little formal training and he's about a year old at this point. The only thing he really has is a recall, which has been fantastic because (laughs) <laughs> yeah, dog running off is not a good thing. No, no,
0: I was about to say, if you're going to pick one thing to teach a dog, you know, you, 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 there's not much
1: argument there that a recall is a, is a bad choice there, right? But yeah, I was watching him run through the yard and he's flashpointing Tweety birds and I'm like, hmm, okay, I think <laughs> I can work with this. <laughs> yeah. So I gave the, the money the lady was asking for and took him home with me and, you know, I started training and n- had no idea what i was doing like i thought the wing on the string was the way to train a bird dog and yeah that don't work <laughs> <laughs> so so all right so you got the dog home and now it, it
0: kind of dawns on you now i actually have to train the dog and while most people when they get their first dog home it's usually a puppy so you know it's just like you can kind of go slow figuring it out now your your dog is a year old almost and so like you have to jump in right then because there's some some things that you gotta you gotta kind of catch up on right so like what what did you do then what how did you start downloading some of the information on how to train the dog
1: i honestly went by the seat of my pants okay (laughs) and so the first season i just did planted wings and i kind of I guess I kind of did half hitch stuff with a planted wing and well, it taught him to sight point, of course. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that season, that was pretty much all I did for my training. Cause at the time I was training for an Ironman and that took a significant amount of my time. <laughs> seems like you're
0: kind of all over the place right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I tend to stick or get certain hobbies and focus on one and well, now the dogs are one. Yep. But, uh, yeah, so I just kind of went with that and hunted him that fall, and that's pretty much how that went. Is he learned how to point on wild birds, and yep, it, it's it's been three and a half years now, and it's worked out really
0: good for him. Nice. So, so did he did he learn how to establish point on wild birds through just natural between him and the bird, or did you go in there with a special mindset like I'm not shooting a bird unless he points it? I shot every bird I could get. <laughs> yeah, so he just, yep. So he just learned through repetition. You know, you yep. you weren't in there with a specific mindset, or if he didn't stand for a bird, you you let it fly. You were just if it if it if if it flies, it dies. Is was your mentality?
1: Pretty much, it was strictly just being a
0: meat dog at that point in time. Gotcha, gotcha. So you you start. Your dog off on wild birds he's figuring it out uh you know just more to that tradition of the bird is going to teach the dog better than we can where where were you like in line with the dog in terms of when you decided to take training to the next level and start getting
1: involved in navda so it was after that season when that dog he had pretty much no retrieve he would pick up a bird walk away with it. And then I'd have to go find it somewhere. So I researched force fetch. And then that led me to some other pages. And they spoke about NAVDA. And I'm like, what's NAVDA? And I looked into it. And there's testing. I'm like, oh, I've got an awesome bird dog. I could I could probably do that. Yeah. And then I looked into the testing. I'm like, oh, my dog doesn't know any of this. Well, how am I going to get him to do this? And I just started Taking each little event and just breaking it down. And first, I started off with force fetch with him, which was a three-month process with him. And he's just a hard-headed son of a gun, and it was <laughs> a wire hair was awful. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So, give us an example. Tell us a story. Give us a good force fetch, just like
1: hard-headed, stubborn story. Well, the ear pinch did nothing for him. All he kind of <laughs> did was yell at me and that that just didn't work. So we pretty much, we didn't really do any pressure on his force fetch. It was hold conditioning so it was making him hold everything. Spoons, random things I find around the house. Um, and it just took longer by going that route because it was strictly I'm just making him hold things and I'm making him carry things and there was no, no force put into it and it just kind of drew things out so the ear pinch didn't work for
0: you and instead of changing over to another type of pressure like the toe hitch you just went the other way and just went with repetition essentially and and just started using anything and everything in all environments pretty much interesting
1: okay it's worked but his retrieve is meh (laughs) he'll he'll bring he'll bring it back to you but if he's hot he's dropping it at
0: your feet okay so to to a certain extent and and it's interesting because the the trainers that i've talked to that say you know yeah you can train your dog without the the pressure whether that's ear pinch uh toe hitch e-collar whatever uh they say at some point you 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 get to a level to where that dog learns it's okay to refuse the retrieve or drop it or so on and so forth so in your experience you you kind of see that and you you just mentioned that the dog gets hot is that is that correct and and what i gleaned from what you just said
1: yeah yeah okay. so it's it's pretty much only during field work so And a pheasant or a grouse, if he's, if it's a good 60 degree day or a little bit warmer, he'll go, he'll bring it back to you and he'll get about six inches away from you and just kind of plop. Ah, but if we're duck hunting, he'll bring it straight back to you, hold it in front of you and you take it from his mouth. Okay.
0: Interesting. All right. So you, you you figured out a way through force fetch, which is impressive. You know, your first dog figuring it out, making it up as you go along. Where did you go to after force fetch?
1: Uh, pretty much formalizing the point because it was one of those dogs. He would point and he'd be steady. But as soon as you get within eyesight of him, he would start creeping and then pounce on birds. Yep. So it was kind of. Well, we didn't do any pigeon launchers with him, but it was, well, it's not the right way to go about it. But anytime he tried to move, we'd hit him with a little bit of stem on the e-collar. Hey, I, I, and
0: I know a lot of people that have done it that way. I did it that way with uh, my short hair first time through. Uh, so, you know, you you say it's not necessarily technically, quote unquote, the right way of doing it but it it is a way of doing it right like there's there's really no wrong way if you understand and so like the e-collar is fine in that situation as long as you know you're doing it correctly at the right level
1: yeah and it's one of those things it's, it works it no doubt about it but it's just not my preferred way of steadying up the dog now
0: gotcha gotcha so, but it worked for you. And so again, you, you're back on this journey. I'm assuming like are, at, at this point you're, you're planning towards the utility tests. Am I
1: correct? Correct. Yeah. I found about the utility test and I saw everything they got to do. And it's like, yep. well, here we go. Let's, let's try this thing.
0: And it's, then, so how yeah, did that steadiness go? Like it, did, did it just kind of naturally work its way through or did you have some hiccups along the way on that? No, he picked it. Well, he didn't
1: pick it up quickly because he is (laughs) hard-headed, but he picked it up eventually, and he got to the point where he was steady to shot and fall. Nice. Gotcha. That was last summer, I believe. Okay. The plan was to UT test that dog in the fall. Well, COVID happened, and it kind of messed everything up. So my thought was on it. He is neutered, so there was a lot of breeders. And a lot of people that wanted to run NA last summer, so I decided not to run him that year. Okay, just for the sake of people that need to get into a test, because the test was just more for validation that what I'm doing works. Gotcha.
0: So I mean that that's I I like that mentality. You know, you're just sitting there like, look, I'm not, I don't have anything to prove. I'm just kind of trying to prove to myself so i'm gonna let somebody else have that slot but you know fast forward i know this past weekend you finally got around to utility testing helm so what how did that work out like did you have any other hurdles along the way due to that large of a gap or was the foundation that you established with that dog well enough to where it was just kind of maintenance all the way until you finally got to test this past weekend
1: actually last weekend was a different dog
0: oh okay so i'm jumping
1: ahead (laughs) all right i've got two wire hairs now so oh
0: okay so well, finish up finish up your first one like wait you know so
1: yeah that one i decided during covid i'm gonna get a covid puppy too nice
0: gotcha okay
1: i had the puppy and of course you know we get done training season i'm going hunting so i just went hunting that season and did a lot of duck hunting just because wisconsin has a planted pheasant program and a lot of that got thrown to the wayside because of covid game farms just couldn't grow them and they couldn't release them so we did a lot of duck hunting because i could find ducks and well that that really worked for duck search (laughs) yeah but uh yeah so we hunt and i hunted the puppy and him together and You know, a lot of people say not to because the puppy needs to learn for himself. But there was one interesting thing I did see come out of that is I got a natural honor out of it, which has been fantastic. But yeah, after after that season, it came time to get back to training and I was going to run my older wire hair in UT. And then, of course, the younger one in NA. And I had a heck of a time getting birds this year. And I hear that's pretty much nationwide. It is. This year's been horrible everywhere. So pretty much the only thing I had to train with was pigeons and every once in a while the lousy quail or two. And none of those flew well. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. And of course, hunting season got us real sloppy on our steadiness because, you know, I'm hunting, I'm, I'm there to get my bird and I don't really care about steady wing shot and fall as long as I can get in front of the dog. and do the work. But that kind of played over into our test. We tested him UT and he did the test. He almost passed. And the only thing he didn't do was the duck drag. He could not find the duck. Oh man. So he gets through the entire test and that's the only thing he doesn't do. And it's like, no, that's good enough so i'm, I'm proud of
0: you <laughs> so i i'm cu- absolutely i mean it's you know especially with a dog like you said no no research and figuring it out as you go along that's that's fantastic i'm curious though i gotta ask on the drag walk us through what he was doing and like was he just searching did he get off of the drag do you think it could relate back to the the way you force fetched him or you know give us your honest thoughts about that because that's that's very interesting like you talked about as far as how you force fetch him his mentality with force fetch in the field and the thing that kind of kept him from a prize was the drag was there anything with that or was it he just simply just lost it too much duck search too
1: much duck search okay yep that's a so good lesson right there yeah what what he did is he had the drag and he followed it for a good 70 yards. And for the last 30 or 40 yards, he fell off of it and immediately broke into a duck search. Gotcha. And I resent him twice. And, yeah, it after that, it just turned into a big, giant duck search. So that was it. Nice. What I should have done was do more drags and, you know, kind of know he was going to do it. I just kind of assumed that this dog, he also does do some blood tracking. So I assumed, yep, he He's got this drag, no problem. Yep. He just, he smelled that duck and he's like, oh, we're searching for this thing. Got it. Nice. So
0: I'm curious again, on on the duck drag, that's the only thing he got docked on on the test? Oh, he got lots of points
1: off. <laughs> he got <laughs> well, plenty of points off. <laughs> well, that, that's that's the
0: only thing that kept him from prizing, I, I should Correct. say. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, yeah, so... he did. Everything else, he passed just fine. Fantastic. So I'm just again curious. I'm I'm trying to picture myself there. So when you trained him on the duck drag, did you have a do you, do you have a different command for the duck search as opposed to the retrieve or drag? It was
1: just strictly fetch, and okay. I recently changed that because of that reason.
0: Gotcha. So what what are you on now? Just for clarification
1: so whenever i go into a track i'll usually say track 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 and then to release them fetch okay and that's how i've been figuring it out and kind of putting a little bit more pressure on the collar holding them back on that track
0: gotcha and
1: on duck search it says fetch yep duck searches i put my hand in front of their face and they look down to where they're supposed to be going and say fetch and off they go roger
0: that all right so that's, that's really impressive, though, still. I mean, you know, a, a lot of people, and I, I think we're kind of in the element of of the dog world now to where people hear you didn't prize or even really people that get prize three is people kind of look down at their nose. But without the context of what you just provided, it's just like, no, you have the dog that ultimately has the tools. He just didn't really combine it on test day, right? And so yep. that that's really impressive, especially with it being your first dog figuring it out. You didn't go do a bunch of crazy research on your your bloodlines and breeders and stuff like that. You just wanted a hunting dog. Saw that he's pointing songbirds at this at this rehoming uh, lady's house, and you just made it happen. So. What did you do on the next dog, the second dog that I now know that you yeah, you tested this past weekend? What what was different? In, did you do the research and go with like
1: proven NAVDA lines on this next dog? Yep, this next dog, I pretty much, I went and talked to, it had to be close to 30 breeders somewhere around there. And finally, I put out a, another message on Facebook saying, hey, I'm looking for a dog. It needs to come from... NAVDA tested and health tests and all that, you know, all those other things that we look for in dogs nowadays. Um, And somebody reached out to me saying, hey, I've got a litter coming up this July and wound up giving her a call and had a fantastic conversation. And mind you, this is after I spoke with at least 20 or 30 breeders. And we had a fantastic conversation, probably talked for an hour and said, okay, I'll Definitely buy a puppy from you. Well, wound up coming out of a VC breeding, and the other dog—it was an outcross dog and doesn't have too much in its line. But the way she personified herself made me very comfortable with buying from her.
0: Gotcha. And just to do my sanity check on this, it's another wire hair. Yes. Gotcha. Just just making sure. So so fast track. Like, what did you do different on this? second dog's journey that you didn't do on the first one you know the first one's always the guinea pig we kind of learn what not to do in a lot of ways on that first dog what were some of the main takeaways that you made sure to do different on the second dog
1: foundation training
0: there you go learning
1: recalls doing (laughs) um making him steady and wait for his food that kind of thing Mm -hmm. just real basic training giving them dead birds to play with and retrieve throwing the bumper down the hallway to get that natural retrieve just all of that kind of stuff no real serious training up until this spring the foundational
0: planting seeds stuff you're planting seeds for later and it makes your life 10 times easier when you finally get to that stuff to train
1: yep it's kind of takes it The dog kind of got has an idea to do what to do, so when it comes time to doing serious stuff, it's just a quick little throw of a stone and he's got it.
0: Yep, yep. So before we move on, I got to get your honest opinion here. Do you feel like? I'm not going to let you cop out and say it's a, it's a combination of both. I want, I want to know your honest opinion. Is it more about you did your research and got a good genetic starting point in a NAVDA proven line out of that VC like you talked about, or was it that you just mentally had a better program and understanding what you do today leads to tomorrow a lot easier? Was the method the, the, the reason for it being easier the second time, or was it the genetics? Well, I really do want to say both. I <laughs>
1: know I know you do, but pick, you got to pick one. Which one would you I say? I will definitely say it is the foundation training. There you go. You can get a dog from a not so great pairing. And as long as you got a good foundation to build upon, you got something to work with.
0: Absolutely. So fast forward again, I know that you just utility tested this dog. So I'm just going to go ahead and jump in. How did the force fetch Go on the second dog compared to the first dog, so
1: much better. I had a I had a good idea what of what I was doing and what the end goal was. So it, it I wound up taking a grand total of three weeks to force fetch this wow. dog from. Well, I also did and part of the foundational training was a little bit of hold conditioning once he got his puppy teeth out.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So it
1: was kind of here, hold on to this thing, walk around with it. And then after we got done with the NA test, it was jumped straight into force fetch. So we went straight into the ear pinch and just kind of clicked right away, right through it. And he picked it up quick. And not all dogs are going to be that quick, but this one just happened to be that way. Mm -hmm.
0: So continue on the path. You You knocked out force fetch real easy this time. You knocked it out in three weeks. Where did you go to next? Did you go to duck search next?
1: Went to blind retrieves. Blind retrieves, okay. Yep, so I do the method of blind into duck search. Yep, okay. And it it worked for the first dog. With this other one, it's starting to work, but he's just so darn young that, you know, we still get that puppy. I'm bored and I'm going to go do something else. So I went into blind retrieves and we kept extending that blind further and further. And then we're putting things further off of that line to make them reach out from there so eventually we get that blind retrieve straight across he picks up the bumper comes back and then ends up being instead of going straight across he's got to go to the right about 100 yards to pick up whatever we're looking for
0: gotcha so makes sense so you you go into the blind deal the blind uh, retrieve and then that goes into the duck search you you drill duck search i guess steadiness is next am
1: i correct Correct. We went straight from there into a little bit of field steadiness. I did the half hitch around the stomach and have a second shooter. And, you know, you put the bird up, you hang on to the half hitch. And as soon as he moves a little bit, you give him a slight bit of a tug and do that a few times. Then we shifted that over to the e-collar. Okay. And then from the e-collar and straight into the real deal. There you go. Too easy, too easy.
0: Now you're going into the test. How much did you drill the drag more so this time around than you did the first time a lot
1: i <laughs> i was a little bit gun shy by that so it was kind of i probably did at least 20 or 30 drags with him which isn't a lot but it's an en- it's enough to you know for the dog to get bored of it
0: yes absolutely after a while so Again, we're now at last weekend. How did test day go? Like, compared to your first one, like, what, is, what, what are you going in there? Are you going in there with the full expectation that your young dog is going to pass? Or are you nervous about certain areas of it? Like, kind of put us in your the mindset that you're in leading
1: into the test. I was terrified of steadiness because the week prior, I had gotten some pheasants that were not so good flyers, and he managed to catch a couple so i had that on the back of my mind that oh no he's he thinks this is okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) but but it didn't you know the 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 pheasants i'm assuming here the 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 one training weekend with the bad flying pheasants didn't outdo all your previous training because like you talked about earlier with this with the second go-around the foundational is what you focused on. So you create that good foundation. One bad weekend of bad flying birds isn't going to completely undo all of that foundational work that you did. Nope. He was mostly steady throughout the test. <laughs> mostly. Okay. So there was an incident on the test with it then. And it was completely
1: my fault. Okay. How so? So um, we, were, we already had two good, two good points and in retrieves into the test. And then finally, it's starting, he's starting to get a little warm. It's about 70 degrees at this point. So they got a pool out there and we're getting ready to bring him over to the pool to cool him off. And all of a sudden he slams on point again. And I could tell by the way he was pointing that it was at his feet. So I'm like, oh boy, here we go. So I managed to scoot it out away from his feet and the bird will not fly and so me being me i decide i'm going to charge the bird that'll make the bird get up (laughs) Okay. and the dog saw that and he went game on let's do this (laughs) and all i hear behind me is watch your dog watch your dog and i'm like what and at that point it's too late the dog's caught the bird (laughs) okay so we were sitting at a point and at that or we were sitting at a four and at that point, it dropped to a three. Mm, okay. So then finally, it's like, okay, well, let's shake that off and keep moving. Yep. And we get him into the pool, we cool him off. And then we're almost all the way through the field portion of the test. And he gets one more point and he gets, he gets a good retrieve out of that. And we're still sitting at a three. And about five minutes left with the test, we figure the field is empty. There's no more birds left in it. So we're just kind of walking around the field to kill time. And we walk up towards a wood line and I'm like, all right, well, there's about a minute or 30 seconds left in this test. So me, I decided to take my eyes off my dog and just talk to the judge for a while. Big mistake. He locked in on point and he realized I'm not paying attention to him and got that bird too. Oh, wow. And, and, so that, that three <laughs> turned into a two real quick. <laughs> so,
0: all right, how old is he right now? He is about to turn fourteen months in two days. So, so for the listeners out there, you know, we're talking about the importance of foundational and all that. This is a fourteen-month-old, uh, still a puppy. I mean, you got to think that 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 you're allowed to still run the NA test up to 16 months in NAVDA and you're running at 14 months, right? So, so put it like, I just wanted to put that in perspective here that, you know, people are like, well, you're just talking about foundations and then he's taking out birds, you know, context is king here. So, (laughs) so you get, you get down to a two uh, on that uh, on steadiness. Talk to, talk to me about the drag. You know, how did that go? Did that go just flawless with the with the attention that you put it on this time?
1: I almost screwed the pooch on that one too.
0: Mm, okay, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm I'm like
1: I I did not train for the drag to be through elbow deep grass, and it was a lot taller. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. He can still track this thing. Well, I start bringing him up to the feather pile and he starts pulling. And Usually when he starts pulling, that means, Hey, I've got this. Let me go. So I'm like, okay, track, 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 fetch. And as soon as I say fetch, he walks forward one foot and then walks to the left about three feet and just slowly walks. And I'm like, Oh no, he's, he's not tracking. And also he starts going to the grass and he's tracking just fine. And it was just A quick brief of like, oh, no, I released him too soon and he's not going to track this thing. And he he winds up going out there. He gets it. And it's the last event of the day. And he gets about 20 yards away from me. And he looks at me, puts the duck on the ground and looks back up at me and says, what? (laughs) And I'm just sitting there holding my breath like, oh, no, please don't do something. And he went, ends up picking it up and bringing it back to me like he's supposed to, which, you know, they docked a point because, you know, he stopped and put it down. Yeah. But yeah, that, that probably five seconds there felt like 10 minutes.
0: Yep. Was it, anything, was there any special story on Duck Search or did he just knock that out for you?
1: I wish I could say he knocked it out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so so you had some fun every
1: step of the way on test day, huh? <laughs> Pretty much. Um, yeah, Duck Search, he has never seen lily pads. So there was lily pads on that pond. And he thought they were the coolest thing ever. He, I send him off to Duck Search and he goes halfway across the pond, turns around and comes back to me and retrieves a lily pad for me and drops it at my feet. I'm like, well, thanks, bud, but that's not what I want. So I tell the judge, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to resend him, And you know, i point to a different spot. I'm like, do you mind if I resend him from over here? Because it's a more clear shot across the pond, not through any lily pads. So I get up to the line, I send him. he makes it across the pond and he starts searching. And He's always been kind of wish-washy on his search. It's either he's out there for a half an hour and he's fine with it, or he's out there for five minutes and says, well, that's enough of that. I'm coming home. Well, yeah, that day he decided I'm going to do five minutes and come back. And on the way, he decided I'm going to pick up a log that's bigger than me. <laughs> <laughs> he put the log down on the way back, but then he went into the lily pads and he starting <laughs> to drag them down and play with them. And I'm like... <laughs> all right. Well, he made it across the pond, and he searched. So we're at least at a passing score. So, yep. I, I was like, I'll take this. It, it's fine. It's a fourteen-month-old pup. I was about to say, freaking
0: wire hair, fourteen-month-old pup. So, <laughs> so, so you add all these experiences up during test day. You know what? What's the final judgment? What's the final score for you?
1: So he wound up getting a one seventy six price three. Nice. Fantastic. And the only thing he scored poorly in was the duck search, and his steadiness. Okay. Everything else was threes and fours across the board.
0: Yep. So, are you planning on retesting with him? I'm assuming with this puppy being 14 months old, you you knew going in that you're gonna you you had some stuff to work on. Like you didn't go in there expecting prize one at 14 months old. Uh, are you planning on testing next year with him?
1: oh absolutely we were so darn close to a prize (laughs) one it's like
0: i I gotta get it now yep yep so so walk me through your mindset right now because it's it's obviously you just tested it's hunting season now literally today is like the day opener yeah i know you went duck hunting this morning i did a little dove hunt this this afternoon walk me through your mindset and try and like give your thoughts on the process because a lot of people have a hard time flipping that testing switch off, right? And going into hunting season. So where are you at mentally with your dog going into hunting season?
1: We're going hunting and we're bringing stuff home. So There you go. The steadiness, I want him steady in the blind, of course. Yep. Cuz shooting over a dog that's running around with ducks around is not a good situation to be in, but as far as steadiness in the field I'm not too concerned about it because it seems like dogs can figure out when you're testing and <laughs> yep. when you're hunting. Yep. Absolutely. So, pretty much at this point, seeing he's a puppy and he's never had a real season by himself, just a lot more exposure to wild birds and open a little bit more clicks for him.
0: Yep. So, you've come a long way already coming from a pit bull that you just took hunting with you as a joke and it ended up working out in your favor to just getting the first wire hair that, that you came across in the right price range to now like you have a 14 month old passing utility test right now and shooting ducks over it this morning out there i mean what, is, what what's your best advice for somebody getting involved with their first dog because i mean you're you're a testament of it's very similar in a lot of ways to most people to where they just like i just want a dog well i want a hunting dog to
1: i want a damn good hunting dog (laughs) so i guess my my advice if we'll we'll go into puppy have no expectations when you go in there and start working with that puppy for the first time so, like if you're planting birds out there and it's you got your three month old puppy, if it points it, great. If it catches it, whatever. No expectations. Just sit there and enjoy the ride.
0: Yep. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Now, give me the best story, the number one story that pops up into your head as a learning curve that you learned along this journey. What was the biggest screw up? Could be. Could be, you know, funny. Could be just like important. What What do you have? What's the first thing that pops up in your mind when I say, "Give us a story that you think of"? Like, man, I really screwed the
1: pooch on that one. Well, we'll tell the story about Buck destroying that duck blind. So <laughs> okay, that sounds fun. My, <laughs> my oldest, my oldest wire hair. You know, I had been working at the UT test with him, so he was steady on shore and everything. And he was steady in a duck blind on the shore, well, that doesn't exactly translate into a boat with a with one of those blinds and a boat with a hole in it. Yeah. So one day I decided, well, I'm going to build this blind for my boat and I'm going to go duck hunting with it in the middle of the season. So I had no chance to actually train in this blind at all. Well, we go out the next morning with this brand new blind. I just built it and a woody comes into the decoys and I drop it and he decides I'm gonna go through the blind, not through the hole, just through the blind itself, and completely rips all the scaffolding off of my boat and just destroys this blind I spent many hours working to build. So, <laughs> I guess the lesson I learned from that is maybe you should work with your dog in that type of a blind before you actually go ahead and throw him into it.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. No, that's a good. That's a good lesson. That's what. Well, Ben, I, I I really enjoyed it. You know, I, we've been trying to knock this out for a few weeks, and I think it was serendipitous here to uh, to it just kept getting delayed and delayed until finally you ran the utility test, and I'm glad it worked out for you so well uh, on, on the second go around. And I can't wait to hear uh the journey and how you improve on next year uh to, on your way to that prize one but i appreciate your patience and and uh, cooperation on coming on and telling your story and the relatable mishaps that we all have when training these dogs especially when we first started out
1: yeah no worries thank you for having me on
0: yeah absolutely so well, again, thank you. We'll check back next week. Keep us updated on how the training goes and uh, what we might have to have you come back on and, and update us on the test next year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No problem. And open big things for that pup. <laughs> absolutely.
0: The Go ahead and check out bprokennels.com and get exactly what you want. If you're considering changing your dog's food soon, then be sure to check out Yukonuba Pro Performance. Their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance. They also now have the new puppy formula to help your pups start strong and live active. When looking at all the different food options, remember Yukonuba to help power their ultimate performance. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Ducks Gun Dog Chronicles Podcast. I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.